If you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who is interested in the property market, then this, the UK Property Market Stats Show, is for you. My name is Chris Watkin, and each week I have a special guest. This week it's returning star uh, Ian White. We'll come to Ian in a second. The, the show is roughly split up into two for the first roughly 40 minutes. We look at what's happening in the UK property market with regard to the statistics. An awful lot of um, measurements out there like the Land Registry and the, and Nationwide and Halifax looking at the property market from three up to nine months ago. We're looking at last week's property market and that for the benefit of viewers, I'm just looking at my calendar now, is week four, which is Monday the 22nd of January, all the way through to and inclusive of Sunday the 28th. By looking at the number of listings, fall throughs, sales, agreeds, and, and other things like that, we can get a flavor and a bellwether of what's happening in the property market. So we can foretell what those measurements that all the press look at in three or six or nine months time. The last 20 minutes of the show, we focus on a town or a city and really deep dive and have a look at what the agents are doing. And this particular week is Richmond upon Thames. So we'll be looking at that in the last 20 minutes. Let's now go uh, to our special guest this week, which is no stranger to the show, Ian White. Ian White used to be a huge boss at Romans um, and now is a consultant to the industry. He's absolutely big in the game. And when people ask who's, you know, who do I need to talk to about the thing on the Pulse of Estate Agency? One of those names is always Ian White. Ian, thanks for joining me today. No worries. Thank you for having me on again, Chris. Pleasure, pleasure. You always offer great value for money for our viewers. So, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do is we're going to dive straight in and have a look at the stats so Ian, i'll just spend a couple of minutes just uh, a minute or so looking at the listings and then you can give your thoughts here so we start off with listings and we're comparing week four against the other weeks and with this on this graph we are comparing 17 18 19 and 2023 we will bring in the other years in a second you quite clearly see here the, the white line and where we are ian will give his thoughts on this a cumulative year to date in terms of listings we are on 116,845 and the average price of a property coming on the market this last week was 427,971 and in terms of the number of listings that we've seen this week, 34,709, and we can compare that with all the other weeks that we've seen there. So, Ian, what's your thoughts on listings, mate? I mean, look, in general terms, uh, you know, we, we are in a period now where relatively consistently the, 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 the numbers of listings have been strong, if not ahead of previous years, as evidenced by your, your graph there. Um, and the sales numbers are down which means standing stock that sat for sale is greater which means what i would call wastage wasted wasted opportunities are are potentially going to increase um on the flip side of wastage opportunities increased we we've got increased opportunities to benefit from and the difference will be the skill of the agent now and i think that's the exciting thing that the agent is now coming into play from the consumer's perspective of being the differentiator between a successful sale at a decent price uh, and a failed attempt at selling and not moving. So, um, you know, those good agents out there that care and that, 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 that go for it, I, I think I think it's their time. Those that don't, good luck, you're going to have problems and, and your lack of ability is going to get caught. It's going to catch you out, basically. You're going to get caught wanting. 
Indeed. Uh, just for everyone's benefit, the average number of listings up to week four for the last eight years is 105,909, and we're on 116. So we are literally about four or five percent above the running average um interestingly also you talk about actually getting the property sold um in 2022 for every hundred houses that every estate agent put on the market the exchange contracts on 65.3 percent of them in 2023 that reduced to 52.86 which uh, by sold chris do you mean exchange contracts or do you mean yes. put under offer right so Indeed. I mean, you know, what that tells us is that we have an industry that fails as often as is, as it succeeds. You know, you're talking about an approximate 50% success rate. Um, and if that doesn't shock you to the core about the opportunity, we can double, well, we can actually quadruple the size of the market by selling everything we're given. Okay, that's a pipe dream. That's not realistic. There are change of circumstances, but we can significantly increase that 50%. Uh, the second thing we can do is push charges up to allow us to market these properties properly to get them sold. And all of a sudden, this market we're all fighting over and not collaborating together with is suddenly worth three, three and a half, four times in, 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 in the perfect world, the size. And enough for everybody to earn a fantastic living doing a job that we all love, as opposed to scrabbling around for crappy fees, poorly motivated vendors, um, the time for change really is now. And I'm seeing it. I'm really excited because I'm seeing some really good thought leaders that are new to the industry and they're coming in with fresh energy and approaches and, and, and teaching me. I think it's excellent. I love spending time with guys that are fairly new, guys and girls that are fairly new. I think that's brilliant. But, but some of the older guys are waking up and some of the older, more established businesses are running at change now. And I, I, I'm really excited about that because I think it will improve standards. I think it will wash out the, the rubbishy agents. And I think it will fix these stats that you're that you're showing us now, which is we fail as often as we succeed. That's that's a terrible statistic. It is awful, isn't it? That, you know, for every two houses you put on the market, you're only going to be paid on one. Absolutely. And every age, every agent will tell you that's not their stats. Every agent will tell you, yeah, but that's not us. And it's like when you do a deep dive, nobody's really performing at the 80, 90%. I mean, there are some, I mean, I, I don't want to say none, but most aren't, you know, our, our industry as a whole, and that includes whoever is watching this video, no matter how great you think you are, your conversion of instruction to sales in 90% of the time is not what you would want the public to know. What is particularly interesting, ladies and gentlemen, is, is that, um, we're going to be looking at Richmond upon Thames later, but we're going to be using a piece of software which you which you can actually have access to, and that, um, there is actually a package where they can have it for free. Uh, we don't sell the software, by the way; we just utilise it, um, and you can actually see what your percentage is, and it is an absolute eye opener. So, even if you're not from Richmond, please do watch the last twenty minutes of the show to give a flavour of what data is out there that, to, to prove that you are a better estate agent, and you know. You can sell more houses because we're here to, to sell houses, get people moved, not actually just market them. Um, yeah, right. Let's move on. Uh, let's less of the rambling from me and we'll get back to the uh, stats. So price changes this week. Um, we've had 17,726 price reductions, which working on these statistics means at the moment we are running on around one in eight properties in the UK being reduced per month okay 
the uh, and the average price of a property being reduced is three hundred and seventy nine thousand. Um, Ian, is one in eight properties enough to be being reduced? Well, I think it depends. Again, the, the problem is with the the sort of high level stats is it gives you a a, a a big picture. If we're only selling one in two properties, the the very simple answer to that is no, because normally the barrier to selling the property. Of course, it's the agent, their skill, their marketing. But 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 the big issue is whether the price is correct or not to entice interest in the first place. Good agents will then work with the offers they've got to bid, you know, get the clients to bid to where the the vendor is happy. But um, so 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 the simple answer is: Are the reductions enough? No. But does it mean we're bringing on houses at too high a price? Yes. Um, you know, so so it's a combination of factors, but. Um, and I presume your stats are definitely price reductions as opposed to price changes, because I'm actually starting to see, bizarrely, some houses that failed to sell last year, tracking them to see what's happened to them. They've come back on with another agent at a higher price than they failed to sell at last year. Well, I'm struggling with that as a concept. I, I mean, I, there may be the odd occasional circumstances to why, but... Um, so I don't know whether your stats are price change or... They price aren't, well, they're, they're price changes, but, I mean, I must admit... I the doubt percentage of price increases will be tiny, so it, it, yeah. it, it will be nominal. But but it highlights the issue that if an agent is fighting for the instruction to tick off a target, to, to somehow give him a donut that gives him a market share, comfort blanket, or whatever, whatever it is it's doing, it isn't leading to sales, which is where actually the, the industry derives its its hmm. finances from, which is selling houses to get paid. We don't get paid for listing in, in most cases. Um, yes, but, but so, plenty of firms out there, especially the large ones, pay their listers for listing. I, I, I must admit, I, I'm seeing that dying out, Chris. So I, I, I believe that is a dying trend. I don't know too much in the big, big corporates because because they tend to contain themselves. They're very insular. <coughs> um, but if you if you are, whether you're the big CEO of a, of a huge, you know, multinational publicly listed company, um, or whether you're a small, independent, self-employed agent um, with a couple of people working for you, if you're paying for the listing, um, I believe there'll be unintended consequences in the behaviours that produces that will be negative for you and negative for your customers. Um, so please, please have a look at overhauling that if that's where you are. It's interesting. I've been doing some homework on London recently, and I've looked at the top 10 estate agents by listings numbers. And um, <clears throat> the best estate agent exchanges on 54% of the properties they list. The worst estate agent, and it's a very well-known name, I won't mention their name, uh, exchanges on 25%. So it's amazing that that, that you've got two agents yeah. there. Um, and also what is also interesting, which is just a little segue, just to move on before we talk about price restrictions, is... We, I, we looked at the top 10 estate agents. I know you know this stat because I said it to you a few days ago, but what you get for the client and the difference between the best estate agent and the worst estate agent based on an average £850,000 house is if we looked at all their listings and then compared it to the, the, the an AVM model, automated valuation model, was £16,003.69, which yeah, meant... 2%, 2%, isn't it? I mean, oh, it's a 2%. Which, uh, but 16 grand is a lot of money in the pocket of the vendor. It, it is if, if the vendor is making a decision for a couple of quid on the yes. fee. I mean, um, absolutely. And if the vendor hasn't got the stats available to them. I think the, um, I think the point I'm trying to get across, <clears throat> number one, in the top 10 in in London, 
there is a difference of one agent sells twice as many houses. You've got a, a, a double the chances of moving than the other. And also, and again, there's no correlation between this, the price that you will achieve, there's <clears throat> worst is 16 grand on an average 850 house. And again, you could say, well, it's, you know, lies down lies and statistics, but you know, this is pretty damn good data from 20 CI. Let's move on and look at gross sales. So gross sales this week, uh, we just, hold on, here we go. We are, uh, year to date, we're on 74,770, I'll start again, walking. 74,527. The number of sales this week is 23,721. Um, the average for this week is 23,823. And that includes the crazy years of 21 and 22. So sales, gross sales are about 5% ahead. Um, well, yeah, they're about yeah a good five or ten yeah about eight percent higher than they were last 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 year. Let's just pull that up. Hold on, Maximus. Hold on. Well, I think I think as a percentage of opportunity uh, is where the struggle lies. Obviously, if we've simply got more listings, um, then one would assume that you'd expect to see more sales. The question is how how deep are we penetrating into the opportunities, which we know is over 50, you know just over fifty percent. So. There is a there is an ability for that white line to significantly eclipse all of the other lines because because the properties are on the market. It, somebody somewhere has made a decision to sign with an estate agent to say list. One assumes that the majority of those have an intent to sell and the barrier to them selling uh, could be themselves, their, their, their own greed or stupidity. But primarily that greed and stupidity is fed by poor estate agents bidding for the instruction. I don't mean poor financially. I mean, not very good at their job um, bidding for the instruction. So well, we're killing our own. We're killing our own bloody industry and we are ruining the chances of people moving. Well, I don't disagree with that. But what I would say is that is that the stock levels as we go into 2024 are slightly below what they were in 17, 18 or 19. So it does show that we are we are slightly better than we thought we are. We're not hugely, we're talking three or 4% more than what they were in 17, 18 and 19. But I think what you do, yet what you do say is absolutely vital is we can't rest on our laurels. And if we're still only selling, moving and paying paid on 52% of the properties we're actually shifting, that is absolutely disgusting. And again, you can find that stat, you and your competitors, using the 20 EA Insights platform, which we'll come on and look at later. Do watch it when we see the Richmond, you'll see how good the software is and we're not being paid to do that. Um, the average price of a property, as I said, coming on the market is 346, which there's quite a diff it's quite a gap there. The, the gap is 23% difference between what prices that properties are coming on the market now and the average price of a property selling. And I must remember, ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't mean that there's a 23% gap between what stuff's coming on and what stuff's selling for. It's just that the lower price properties have a higher propensity to sell. I now, think we've spoken about this. I think we've spoken about this before, Chris. I, I have I, I genuinely have a different way of interpreting that stat. I believe that what's happening here is the higher price properties are more likely to be overpriced. Um I don't actually, unless you get to the, you know, the, the the very high end where the mechanics do change in terms of demographics and number of buyers, number of willing sellers, et cetera, et cetera. I don't believe higher price properties are more difficult to sell. I believe it's where the agents get themselves in a mess, get all excited and, and are more likely to overvalue the property and are more likely to be timid with the owner of that property because they see them on a higher plane than themselves. 
and not take control and have an alpha scenario where they lead the client to success. Whereas the smaller ones, I think they find that easier to do. One, there's more comparables. Two, it's easier to get it right. Three, they feel more in control of the person because they're maybe on a level playing with them or may, maybe even live in something that is or have a job that they would consider to be lower down the scale than them and therefore they feel more in control. I I, I absolutely can't see that nice family homes are harder to sell. Um, or, or sorry, they're not selling. I think we are putting them into the market as an industry at a price that is killing them. Okay, let's move on and look at fall-throughs. And this week, the number of fall-throughs um, um, is, let's just pull that up, <clears throat> is 4,820, which is slightly below the long-term running at eight-year average. The fall-through rate is 20.32%. Again, that is really low. And let's just have a look at how that compares. This is this is where we are here. So let's just remind ourselves, back in September, October 2022, with the Quartang budget, fall-through rates were at 40%. Okay? Ignore the dips, the, the, the spikes. They're Christmas dips. You have low sales and low fall-through, so it just screws the numbers up. But I have to put the spikes in because those are the numbers. It's the long-term trend. And you can see here that from June 23, we were on around a 30%, and we've been on a steady downward drift to the mid-20s, and now we have just hit 20. Now, again, one swallow doesn't make a spring or a summer, but 20% fall-through rate is pretty darn good i think obviously the market sentiment is improving you know we're seeing the the the, the mortgage war continuing to benefit consumers with with lower product rates so we haven't yet seen an actual official drop but we are seeing rates but actually chris i know we're going to be talking about a little bit of a plug for the icg webinar later on today that people can join but we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the innovations but a, a, a you know a significant movement now around reservation deposits, locking agreements, auction type of sale, modern method, which does eradicate, if not massively reduce abortives, um, that is starting to come into play and will start to affect these figures. Um, agents are now taking more and more money up front from their client for various things that need to be done, provision of information, the AML checks, the EPCs and things. And therefore, when a client lists if they're paying these upfront fees for marketing and everything else, they're less likely to be mucking around. And if a buyer is agreeing to a lock-in agreement, a reservation, there's various ways of dealing with this, sort of getting a, a point of tie-in earlier in the process where bad behaviour is penalised legally, which is what we all, what I would imagine every estate agent wants. That is really growing now. I mean, it is properly starting to gather traction. And I think will be the norm within a couple of years. I think it will be very normal and I think you'll see these abortive rates. You might see gross sales reduced because it'll it'll wheedle out the bad behaviour vendors, it'll wheedle out the bad behaviour agents, and it'll wheedle out the bad behaviour buyers. So you might see the gross sales reduced, but I think you'll see the conversion of listings to an exchange go up and the abortives come down. And I, that's one of the really big changes I'm massively excited for. Indeed. Um, this, this show will be coming out on Friday. Um, so... Uh, if you go to the ICG website and go to events, you'll be able to put your email address in and download uh, for free if you give your email address the, the webinar where, again, we're going to be talking about how estate agents can get a greater market share in 2024 and beyond using the power of technology. Just interesting. Um, I know you know this, Ian, but some of the people that watch it, uh, my daytime job is that I'm a ghostwriter for, uh, for estate agents writing articles about property markets. 
And I just want to show you this particular graph. Now, um, hold on a second, not that. Yeah, here we go. That's right. I'll just pull that up. Now, um, this particular, hold on two seconds. Right then. So you can see by the graph here. Now, this is Grantham, but to be honest with you, that the same stats are um, being seen all over the country. But you can see here that there's a way to measure of whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market. And you can see, can you see from the, the, the charts how in the summer it was at 71%? Can you see that? Yeah, extreme seller's market, yeah. And then as you and then basically as the years have gone by, she's now moved into more of a balanced market, uh, uh, balanced market, and it's moving in the direction of a buyer's market. So this is this. I do this every week for uh, not this particular graph, but this is just one of the stuff I do to show what's happening in the property market. And it is very much moving into a buyer's market at the moment. That doesn't mean. And and I remember, Ian, you this has rung true with me. For the last 18 months even in a buyer's market you still need the good listings don't you yeah i think you should never look to stop uh, doing business with good quality sellers um look, a, a, a correctly marketed correctly priced property with the right strategy will attract multiple bids it doesn't matter what the market's doing the key is you've got to have all the components of the cake for the multiple bid scenario uh, and one of those bits is is obviously you've got to present it properly you've got to present it better than all the other agents, uh, the other properties you're competing with, and you've got to get the price point correct. Um, it, getting the price point correct is, is, is the strategy to get the best price achievable. Getting the price too high might be a strategy to get you listing, but no one will achieve anything. You won't get your fee. The owner won't get a good price because it'll either go stale and they'll give up, or it'll go stale and the reduction they have to undertake is far greater than the one particularly if the market has, you know, it has fallen. I think it's probably stagnating a little bit more now, but prices did fall. There's no doubt. You know, I don't think they felt by the Armageddon, you know, we all know the clickbait guys that talk about Armageddon and that it just hasn't happened. It's interesting. They've all gone quiet now. Not one of them has come out and said, I got it wrong. Not one of them has come out and said, well, I over, I overegged it. You know, my maths wasn't quite right. Um, they, they've all just disappeared, um, which is bloody annoying because, you know, like false information is worse than no information, but yeah, I I I think um, I think it's going to be an interesting few months as various things start to balance out in the market. You know what will and won't happen with headline interest rates because there is a there is a you know there is a theory that if headline interest rates drop, we could go back into a frenzy for a start. We are going to get some election giveaways that will benefit the market because it's inevitable. You know, they want the feel good factor. They need to buy votes. They're going to do it. However, the downside of that is if, if they genuinely artificially stimulate the market, we might get a mini boo, but you can be damn sure that will lead to a mini bust. Um, if it's artificial, it's artificial. It's not real. Um, but I do I do I do think I do think we've got a good six months ahead of us for the estate agency world. So build, take market share, charge appropriately and save and get a war chest going for what might be a slightly tougher period at a later date. Wise words, ladies and gentlemen, you can see why Ian regularly comes back on the show because he knows he's onions. Right, let's move on and talk about net sales. Net sales is the number of gross sales this week, less the fall throughs, gives us net sales, is an ideal measurement. It's not, it's it's the best of the bunch there is. Um, and net sales, we're on 55,459, which is 102%, 102.2% 102 of the 17, 18 and 19 average. And you can see here on the line here that the white line is 
the uh, 2024. Obviously, 21 and 22 were much higher than that. Uh, but you can, if we're tracking the 17 to 19, we are ahead of that. And also we're ahead of the 23 figure as well. I'd really be interesting in, uh, you know, anyone that's commenting on this or, or putting it in, because across my clients, I saw a really unusual January. Um, and what was unusual about it is, one, everybody expects January to start and kick off, you know, and it'd be big. This year, there was a lot of hype coming into January because there was a lot of stock for sale. Prices had started to give uh, good value for money. Mortgage fees were dropping. And to be fair, the first week of January, normally it doesn't really start until now. You know, and the first, it's a bit of a bit of a slow start, but it really did come out of the traps big, particularly on net sales in for, across my clients. Um, I, I'm not talking about a national stat here. This is just adding up my clients and 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 seeing where they are compared. In fact, I would say it was the big. Not say it was the biggest first week of January in decades. Well, for, that, net, got, for, for net sales, but the second week, Chris, it was like a ghost town. It was like it was so bizarre. It was like it came out like an absolute juju trade, and then the second full week of trading. Um, uh, the listings continue to be good. The valuations continue to be good. It, it, in fact, actually better than good, strong um, and, and up there with record numbers. But the viewings weren't converting to offers and they dropped off a cliff. They've come back a little bit now, but it, it was almost a bizarre week. It was like someone shut down the UK offering process and that buyers weren't allowed to offer for a week. Um, I mean, literally, it just shut down. I don't know how that reflects in your individuals, but net sales, properties changing from for sale to sold. Um, literally uh hit, hit, hit the floor um it has picked up the only other thing i would say is more and more agents are not changing to sold until either the reservation lock-in agreement is signed or the survey or some form of commitment so we might have sales that have been agreed but we haven't yet seen the trigger point that allows the statisticians to to understand that it's actually under offer well, I've got some stats. These are gross sales, uh, so we're not talking fall-throughs. Um, and the best-performing region to up until Sunday night was Inner London, who's seen a growth of 25.14% in gross sales from that first 28 days in 23 versus the first 28 days in 24. And it lifted from 3,616 to 4,525. Uh, southeast at 20%, and then we've got the bulk of people, the southwest at 16.1, and then the northeast and northeast, uh, west Midlands, outer London, east Anglia, east Midlands, and Ulster, all around the 13 or 15%. Uh, Yorkshire at 12, northwest at 12, and Scotland at four. So every region has seen an uplift in gross sales this 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 month. So it's not you know, but interestingly, Scotland not as much. So let's see how that compares with next uh, um, um, imagine if those sales had all been done under some form of lock-in agreement option auction contract reservation deposit then then the abortives wouldn't have happened so uh get in touch with the suppliers that can help you in that area because it will transform your abortive rate uh, yeah reservation agreements and also sales progression is again something that i'm asking people to strongly recommend looking at uh, ASAP is one of my favourite. Others are available. I'm not here. I don't get paid, but I just like what Richard and his team does. I know you're a fan of them uh, as well, Ian. But you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll be amazed how soon, how quickly you can get um, sale progression down. You know, from the current 19 weeks to an average of 11 or 12. Well, and, uh, and, and, and reduce your costs. Yes, yes, because you've got someone that's actually focused on it, and it's not just a, a, a nice to do. Couple of graphs here, which just talk about price changes as a percentage of listings and gross sales as a percentage of listings. Anything you want to say on these before we go to Richmond? 
I think they just back up the other stats, don't they? They they sort of give you the correlation that you need to uh, add the final bits of the jigsaw to conclude your um, thinking about direction of travel and how you should be how you should be helping clients with understand those metrics. Good stuff. Well, uh, that's the end of the national statistics. I hope, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've enjoyed that. And now we are going to go to Richmond uh, on Thames. Uh, if you are an agent and you're looking for um, a piece of software or something that can help you that can prove that you're a great estate agent, I'd certainly recommend that you listen up in the next 20 minutes where I show you what I consider as an exceptional piece of software. So we'll see you on the side, other side when we look at Richmond. So Ian, we're using the 20EA Insights platform and we're looking at Richmond, which is TW9 and TW10 combined. The Insights platform is a platform that agents can use. I, it's considered by most as the gold standard. It's right move plus on steroids with a few rockets attached to it. Um, there is a free version that you can apply for, but also you can pay them some shekels and you have the access to the data of your postcodes of the ones I'm going to mention. Those of you who are not in Richmond, still stay on board because you'll see what this bit of kit does, because basically it can prove that you are a better estate agent and charge higher fees, which means you'll get better listings and you'll earn more money. It is that powerful. I'm not being paid by them to do this. They do give me the platform for free. Uh, but in return, I mentioned where the information comes from. So let's dive in, Ian, and let's go and have a look at Richmond upon Thames. Okay. Oh, wrong one. You know, I'm not, not, God, here we go. Well done. There, there we go. So we are looking at the postcodes of TW9 and TW10, and it is quite obvious here. So we're going back to the 1st of January 2019. The average price of a property is 1.1 million. And in the since in the last since the first of Jan 2019, there's been 7,317 properties put onto the market in Richmond. We'll go and have a look at the top nine or ten and see which estate agents seem to be working the best. We'll just switch off new builds. There we go. So Anthony Roberts, you can see here, must have ha had a decent growth in 19 and then have remained pretty steady around that 16 or 17 percent mark, with an average property price of just over one million. So that's very similar to the average. Next, we'll go and look at Dexter's, and you can see Dexter's here have been hovering around the 12-11% mark and been drifting down slightly, but again, probably still holding around 11%, with an average price of 781000 So again, it tends, they appear to be at the lower to middle market. Let's go and look at Featherstone Lee. Their market share trend seems to be in an upward direction with a market share current on average of around 9.6% over the long term period. And again, 1.4 million, which shows that they are must be in the slightly middle to upper quartile. Let's go and look at Chesterton's. They seem to be pretty static in terms of their market share for new instructions. Let's go and look at Savills in a slight downward direction, but their average price is 1.9. We will go and look at the upper quartile in a second. Cantal and Company seem to be pretty stable at around that four or five percent mark, and Chase and Buchanan, you know, in a decent, um, well, pretty level there. Mervyn Smith, and let's just have a look to see which where all the agents are. Knight Frank, uh, interestingly, no one seems to be growing or dropping. They just seem to be treading water. There's a lot of. Um, it's interesting there uh, that three of the, I think uh, certainly two of those brands, I think three, um, are now owned by. The same company 
Um, so that's that, that you know, the, you, you're seeing consolidation in the market in general. Where every time you pick up property industry, I it's got agent A's bought agent B right from little deals right the way through to big multi million pound deals. But three of those businesses in that, uh, in that you've just gone through. So the Richmond market is is a microcosm of the UK market, which is you are seeing consolidation of three or four agents becoming one, um, creating bigger market shares to challenge the, um, well, I, either it's the top players increasing and, and furthering their position or buying up a load of middle market brands, if you like, and and, and creating a market share that allows you to, to challenge. So that's, that's and Richmond is obviously an exciting area for anyone that's looking to acquire one because it's got a big lettings market as well as sales. But look at the average house price. You know the, fee, the fees that the fees there are going to be big, and the volume is okay. It, normally, you've either got high high values, low volume, or you've got high volume, low values. Well, actually, Richmond's got a nice little mix of everything, isn't it? What is particularly nice is this, and it's quite rare to see that the number one agent, and again with a sizable gap between one and two, is Anthony Roberts. And I picked up the phone to them yesterday just to find out what made them tick, because again, I think a lot of people reading, watching this are independent agents, and they switched on cookies. I was really impressed with the, the person that picked up the phone. Their website's good, and I spoke with one of their senior directors and I was really impressed with the way they, they, they handled the questions and what made them different. And, you know, you can see there that their market to hold a market share against some big players in the industry, your Dexters and Chestertons and Savills of this world is, is very impressive. I, I'm, I'd be absolutely chuffed to bits with that. Let's just have a quick look and see who the main players are in the upper quartile before we move on. So uh, the upper quartile means we need to get this number to as close to 1,700 as possible, because that's a quarter of that figure. So let's just see who the plain players are. Let's have a look. We'll have to knock it off there. So bits we we can't do the upper quartile. We'll have to do the upper, upper third. And you can see again, Anthony Roberts, again, our number one there. Let's just knock that off. So you can see Anthony Roberts probably in the top 20%. Savills and Featherstone Lean seem to be the big agents. But again, I think I've only ever seen it once where what the big agent who is the ubiquitous agent on all price ranges is strong in the top. So again, I'm impressive with Anthony Roberts. If um if if Anthony Roberts are watching this and you fancy selling your business, give me a buzz. Well, let's see how good their lettings business is as well first. Let's uh, get to that. So there you go. That is we've done new instructions. We're going to be coming on to sales in a second. And now we then move on, which I think is the most important screen. And, and ladies and gentlemen, this this is the this is where the gold is. Okay, so the first thing we're looking at is here. We down this screen here. It shows you what your market share is for the last twelve months. It says this year that should be the last twelve months. So in essence, first uh, of Feb twenty three to the to now the first of Feb twenty four versus year that and the year before and it looks like Hamptons have certainly grown their market share by eighty one percent and Cantles have grown by fourteen but Knight Frank and Dexter's your market share has dropped slightly so again that might be of interest to agents in the area um, and again I find it fascinating that as agents do focus on market share when in reality the job is. The job is to get the house sold and get paid on the job. So let's ignore new instruction and new instruction market share or source of the contract. The gold is in these four columns here, exchanged and withdrawn. Okay, Ian, you have a look at price changes. We'll come back to you in about uh, 90 seconds for you to talk about that. But this is really, really important, ladies and gentlemen, is this. 
in the last 12 okay and we're just so we're talking from the 24th of november 21 to the 29th of uh, 20 of 29th of jan 24 so we're talking two years and two months anthony roberts have let 269 properties of exchange contracts and 198 have left their books which means for every 100 houses that anthony roberts have have left anthony roberts books and if you think about it a property only leaves an agent's books if she exchanges or she withdraws doesn't if a sale falls through because it just keeps in the system and gets relisted then you can see here that the anthony roberts exchange contracts on 57.6 percent of properties Against Featherstone at 40.7 and Dexter's at 25. Plus their current pipeline, I presume. No, that's what that's not their pipeline. That that is saying in the last two years and two months, 50 of, of all the properties that have left Anthony Roberts, 269 of them have exchanged and 198 of them have withdrawn, which a percentage is 57 and 42. Look how that compares with Featherstone Lee. That if you put your property on the market, and Anthony Roberts don't pay me for us for this, and the data is from 20 EA, what that's telling me is this. If Anthony Roberts is on the doors on the sofa against Featherstone Lee, this is nothing against Featherstone Lee, but the bottom line is this: you have a nearly 50% greater chance of moving home with me, Mrs. Miggins, if you sell your property with me, Anthony Roberts, mm -hmm. Featherstone Lee. And there are some absolutely strange numbers there. Look, the average. In the last year, two years and a bit, is wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great if there was a uh, governmental intervention here, where where agents had to lay bare their stats because it would solve. I mean, I appreciate that they'd probably find a way of smudging it. So, I'm, what I'm talking about is hypothetical and probably unworkable. But if you had to show your time on market, the percentage of the original asking price you sold it for, what percentage don't sell because of your interventions, blah blah blah, what percentage do, um, it would stop poor agency overnight i mean literally it would kill it dead uh, uh, so now we're looking uh, absolutely so now we're looking at 13th of jan 23 to the 29th of jan 24 the numbers do tweak slightly but you can again for in the last year in in richmond 42.19 percent of properties that left agents books have exchanged and completed 57.81 you've not been paid on that's not to say some of those have been relisted with another agent the simple fact is this is that Anthony Roberts, on the face of it, okay, look at, Mer there are better agents, look at Mervyn Smith at 72, but there is a cornucopia and a wide band of numbers there. And the gold, the gold is here. Isn't it interesting? I won't mention names, Ian, but out of the top 20 estate agents in the UK, the agency, the agents that seem to have the best sales ratio were the ones that were most despised. I won't mention their names, but I think we all know... Despised by... Oh, okay. Right. Well, I can think of one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, despised by agents. Yes. I think if you despise by agents, you've got to be doing something right. Now, I, I don't actually happen to agree with the particular said agent's model or uh, advertising in the past. I don't think it's been morally correct. But um, well, that's a separate. If, that's if, a completely if, separate. If, we all know who we're talking about. We'll not mention their names. That's a completely separate topic. If you're Which ruffling feathers within the industry and people are sniping behind your back, I can assure you it's because you're doing something. Uh, that either they're not willing to do, don't have the skill to do, and admire secretly, but their way of dealing with it is to is to snipe. Indeed, indeed. So again, I think everyone just looking at this, there are some fantastic stats here, which I hope you find useful. And again, this is available to any agent in the UK on your town. 
Let's move on and look at which agents overvalue. So again, I'm just conscious of the time, ladies and gentlemen. So you can quite clearly see here that, that this here is what, what, what have you put the property on the market for versus what it was actually worth to their AVM model. And you can see here that Dexter's put it on at 2.91, but Anthony Roberts 0 0.2, 0.22. And then they uh, Anthony Roberts achieved 1.96 less than the original asking price when it does actually exchange. So you can quite clearly see here, whilst Dexter's only sells half of what they sell compared to the other agents, they actually get £10,100 more than the running average, than the average estate agent in Richmond. So if, you've got, if you're got, if you a Dexter's and you want to say, Mrs. Miggins, I will get you more homes, then if I was a Dexter's agent, I'd be using this piece of software to say, Mrs. Miggins, I will get you ten grand more because Anthony Roberts will get you 9200 less than the average. And again, yeah, the, agent, the agents need help turning this graph into something understandable, um, because I don't think to the average estate agent or the average person in the sofa, this would make sense. But I, I, the data is there. I mean, if you, if you understand it, you understand it. Translating it into some sort of pictorial evidence signed off and verified in this case by 20CI would be a very powerful sales aid. I think they have something, but they have, you have to be careful. But again, it just shows that if you're the local property expert, you know what you're talking about. So again, there's some details there that might be of interest to people. We now then look at how quickly agents sell the house. And the blue line is how quickly you sell it. And the pink line is how long it takes from, from sale agreed to exchange. So you can see here, Hamptons do delay you know, 74 days in the last year to getting it from new instruction to sold to contract. But in terms of the number of days, 49 days whilst the sales going through so that obviously tells me hamptons are holding off putting their sole sticker on it but and they have a short period between sale agreed and completion if you add the two together you can quite clearly see here how quickly each agent sells so again this data shows how how quickly you a sell and b how you get your completions through we now will then just have a quick look at the lettings data um, and you can see here that Dexter's are the daddy-o agents when it, uh, and when it comes to the lettings, chances at number two. Now, again, we're just having a quick look and see the general trend. Anthony Roberts, again, holding, you know, 9.3% of, of a decent rental market. Again, yeah. I think you'd be picking the phone up, Ian, to see if they want to sell because that they've got a good resi sales business and a good lettings book. That, that does look particularly good. Um, okay, Ian, that is the end of the uh, stats. Um, your final final thoughts. I think I think my final thoughts would be, you know, for everybody just to go right back to the very first slide and understand that as an industry, we, you, whoever is watching this, no matter how good or bad you think you are or how brilliant you are, we succeed uh, no more than we fail. I we sell fifty percent of what we lit, what we're given to. And that is not the vast majority of that problem is caused by us, not the buyer and the seller. It's caused by our industry bidding for instructions, providing poor advice, giving bad marketing. I, I really don't believe that people come to the market and want to put it on at a price or with a strategy that won't sell it. They're, 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 what they are, what, what, what happens is they, they, they meet a whole load of agents that start bidding for the instruction. Um, leading to low fees, high high prices, which leads to ineffective marketing campaigns, poor people delivering the service because if it's low fees, it's low wages. Um, and, and if you don't want some of our friends that we shan't mention to inherit the earth, 
um, be very careful because if, if our standards continue to slip, the consumer will continue to value us at, at, at less and less and less. Yeah. Um, I, cool. Sorry, go on. Well, and, and I think, you know, contrary to popular belief, and again, putting some noses out of joints of even some of my clients, um, this view that the self-employed is a low standard, low quality offering is bullshit. Some of these self-employed guys, not all, I mean, in, in every section of the market, whether it's up, you've got good, bad and indifferent. But I reckon the quality's growing, the volume's growing, and I think the quality's growing, and I'm seeing more and more people making a living and livelihood. Those people, because their absolute mortgage depends on it, are delivering, I think, better service, better advice, better local knowledge, better outcomes. So, you know, you, you've got to wake up and disrupt yourselves a little bit in, in, in estate agency land. Um, and you've got to wake up and say that these stats do apply to you. This is not that we're talking about everybody else. Don't be in some cocoon that makes you think you're brilliant because, you, you you know, you're probably not. And, and it, it, even if you are, you're part of an industry that isn't. Exceptional as always. And the data does actually back it up that the personal agents, I've got some fantastic stats when it comes to their exchange ratios versus listings. Ian, exceptional as always. Thank you Thank very you. much for your insight. We'll see you back in a couple of months' time when you're next on the show. Thank you. Good, man. See you later. Bye, Christopher. Bye-bye.